I hope that worship was really meaningful to you. We're about to jump into the second message in our series, Unstoppable, based off of when Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell can't overcome it. Unstoppable, that's who we are, that's what we are when we build our lives and our faith on who Jesus is. That's what we want to build our church on. That's what we want to build our lives on. And for those of you that are wondering about this season, this, season, this, this series is all about church, but it's also all about us. It's all about who we are as a church. It's our flag in the ground, but it's also how to experience God's purpose and design for our lives, how to grow closer to Him and experience all He has for us. So I hope you're ready for the next message in Unstoppable It's called Stay Hungry. Let me pray and we'll get right into it. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. We just need you right now. Probably more than all the people around us know, we, we need you. We need you to speak to us. We need you to give us strength. We need you to make your power known in our weakness. We need you to help us to stay hungry for more of you. We need you to grow us into who you want us to be. We just need you. So I pray that you would speak through your word to us, move in our hearts through your spirit, and draw us closer to yourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. The message we're talking about this series is called Stay Hungry. Last week we talked about being stuck in the hustle, and this week I want to talk to you about staying hungry. It's, it's actually part of the series that is unstoppable. If we're going to be an unstoppable church, if we want to live an unstoppable life of faith, we have to have the heart of Jesus that Jesus has, and we have to have a hunger for more of Him. In fact, He said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, kind of like the, the verse we want to crank this whole message out of, Jesus said this, He said, blessed are those who who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Another translation of that same verse says, for they will be satisfied. I don't know what you've been hungering or thirsting for, but Jesus laid out this simple statement. Blessed are those, happy are those, satisfied are those people, those individuals who hunger and thirst for more of me, for more God. That's how you find fulfillment and satisfaction. When Jesus was saying, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, that's what he was talking about. A full heart, a satisfied heart because of a hunger for more of him. If you want to be unstoppable and have an unstoppable faith, if we're going to be an unstoppable church, we have to have a heart for people that Jesus has for people. And we have to have a hunger for more of Him. Really, what we're talking about is we're talking about growth. Come to Jesus and grow in your relationship with Him. Growth is one of those things that can be difficult to talk about. I don't like people telling me that I need to grow. I don't like people telling me how to grow. It's just one of those things that it can make us uncomfortable, like just stay out of my business. You know, that's my business. But a reality that I have to admit is I haven't made it yet. Like, I'm not there. 
I, I, I'm not where I should be or even where I want to be. If I look at my life, I, there's, there's hardly, I'm not done growing. I'm not done growing as a parent. I'm not done growing as a husband. I'm not done growing as a pastor. I'm not done growing as a friend. I'm not done growing in my relationship with God. In fact, when I take a second and I look at the entirety of my journey, I think, man, I got a long ways to go. And it's not about beating myself up. It's just a reality. It would be pretty cocky for any of us to jump into this scene and say, guess what? I'm done. <laughs> All you other fools got a lot of growing to do around this house. Like you got a lot of growing to do, but dad's done. I'm done. I made it. I accomplished it. I got the trophy to go with it. I don't need to grow anymore. I would be sleeping outside on the deck for like a month if I came home with that kind of attitude. My kids wouldn't talk to me if I came home with that kind of attitude. The reality is when we can check our pride for a second and look at our lives, we all have areas we can grow in. It's no big deal. It's nothing to beat yourself up about. We just all could use a little more growth. It's why we got to stay hungry. We got to stay hungry for more of God, for more of His direction in our life for more dependence on Him. We, we need to stay hungry for what He wants to teach us, for what He wants to change in us, for where He wants to lead us. We need to stay hungry. That's why at church we say, come as you are. God loves you right where you are, as you are. He, he meets you where you are. Come as you are. But don't stay that way. Because none of us should stay that way ever. We all have areas we can grow. We all have things we can grow in. This verse, it messes with me. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. A, a, a modern day paraphrase of that is blessed are those who hunger for more of God, for they will be satisfied. That's why that verse, it messes with me so much because. What if, I'm not, what if I'm not satisfied because I'm not growing? What if, what if you're not satisfied in life? You know that feeling, that, that there's something missing kind of feeling. That just something's not clicking kind of feeling. Something's a little off kind of feeling. That discontent that can settle into your heart and into your relationships and into your lives. What if that lack of satisfaction is because you're just not growing? You lost the hunger. You misplaced it. We can misplace our thirst and our hunger on all different kinds of things. Sometimes we misplace our thirst and sometimes we misplace our confidence and we forget the need that we have in our soul to continue a journey forward to a better us, to a better me, to the person God wants to make me who he's designed me to be. We can misplace our thirst and stop growing. We can misplace our confidence and stop growing. We misplace our thirst when we seek satisfaction from things that can't really provide 
that thing for us. We misplace our confidence when we think we've made it, when we don't think we have a need. But it's so important to see you can thirst for something and miss what's most important. You, you can thirst for a man and miss your maker. You can hunger for success and influence and miss your purpose. You can thirst and hunger for all different sorts of things and miss what your heart and soul needs most. And what if when your heart finds what it needs most, it fills up everything else in your life? I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. We thirst for all kinds of things and miss the main thing. What if, what if we're thirsting for stuff that can't fill us? What if our confidence is misplaced because we think we've made it? We think we're good enough. We think we don't need to grow anymore. And what if we're not satisfied in life or in our relationships or in our... What if we're not satisfied because we stopped growing? It's a tough question. It's a hard question. It's a question that makes me want to Always stay hungry for what God has for me next. Always stay hungry for the next step He wants me to take. To always be looking and searching for it. And most importantly, to have a hungry heart that is willing to follow His direction. I mean, that's how you grow. You grow by staying hungry for more of God, humble enough to admit that we're not where we should be yet. And that's okay, because I'm willing to follow. Hungry, humble, willing. Those three words, when applied to your faith, will change everything in your walk. It'll no longer be you just sitting there stuck in some place in your mind or in your heart, stuck in some, some past experience. It will no longer be you looking at your life saying, why aren't things getting any better? Why, why aren't things changing? I'm just sitting here waiting for somebody to pull up a, a van in life and just pour out everything I need. Here you go, like this will fix it. I'll fix it all for what if, What if the key is this? Hungry, humble, and willing. <laughs> Would have been better if there were three H's there, but that's all I got. And that's all it takes to grow. And when you apply those to your spiritual life, you grow deeper in your relationship with God. And as you grow deeper in your relationship with God, your heart fills the way it was designed to fill. I think of the story in John chapter 1. The story of, the, of how kind of Peter gets his start, one of Jesus' most famous disciples. And Peter gets his start. I, I used to think like Jesus just showed up on a beach one day and was like, hey, yo, dude, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And like for some reason, the awe-inspiring presence of Jesus like had them go, okay, like we'll just leave everything right here in this moment and follow you. Now, it's, it's told that way in one of the 
one of the, one of the Gospels, it, it kind of lays the story out that way, but when you combine all of the different Gospels and what was really going on in Jesus' first interactions with His first disciples, you really get a really cool story about how God works and how we grow. It's, it's really neat. You see, there was this guy who was related to Peter who was one of the followers of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was, came showing the way, pointing to the Messiah. He said, I've come, but somebody greater is coming behind me. I came to point to Him. I don't, I'm not even worthy to like hold His robe like the one true Son of God the Messiah is coming, and I'm just here to prepare the way. That was John the Baptist. And as John the Baptist preached that message in the wilderness, people flocked from all around to see him. And he had these disciples, these followers of his, that would stick by his side and probably help him in the ministry and take care of stuff for him and do all this incredible stuff. They were also there to really learn from him and to push deeper. It says this, that one day John the Baptist was standing there and Jesus passed by, and John the Baptist goes, look, the Lamb of God, exclamation point. <laughs> Just a, there he is. <laughs> there, uh, that's, who, that's who I was here to prepare a way for. Like, oh. And two of his disciples heard him say this, and they leave him, and they follow Jesus. See, I'm not, I'm not all about, I don't want you to follow me. I don't want you to follow Grace Free Church. This is all about all of us together on the same journey following Jesus together. I said together a whole lot right there. <laughs> they go and they follow Jesus and Jesus kind of sees them creeping up on him and they turn and they say he says he says what do you want? And Jesus said they say rabbi which just means teacher. They they were like not there yet, you know? And Jesus says come and you'll see. Like where are you staying? Come and see. Come and see. We get stuck in come and see. We don't transition to come and follow. But the real joy of this journey, it's not just in lingering around the stories of Jesus. It's not just about checking out where Jesus lives. It's not just about seeing that guy drop some, some videos on Facebook or Instagram on, or TikTok about what Jesus is. It's not just from lingering around the story and saying, oh yeah, that looks kind of nice. That, that kind of story makes sense. That kind of story's meaningful. See, the real depth and transformation happens when we go from just coming and seeing to following. They, they come and see Jesus. That's where it starts. He meets us where we're at all the time. He, he meets you where you're at all the time. He knows what you need. He knows how big a step you can take. He's ready to bring you on this journey. He won't push you further than you need to be pushed. It's just one simple step in front of you at a time. And for these disciples, it was just like, yo, come check out. Come and see where, where I live. See what this is all about. Maybe for you watching, it's just come and see. Like you, you haven't even given Jesus a chance. You haven't even looked at this as a pliable option. You cut him out of the equation because of Christians treated you bad, because you have some twisted idea of what church is going to be. You haven't even really seen what Jesus is all about. Maybe that first step for you is just come and see. 
they, they come and see, and one of them was Andrew. They spend the afternoon with Jesus, Simon Peter's brother. And as soon as they're done hanging out and seeing what this Jesus is all about, Andrew, the first thing he does is he goes and gets his brother, Simon Peter, and he tells him, we found the Messiah. That's, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, you can have a big impact just playing the role of Andrew. Just seeing what this Jesus is all about. Acknowledging who he is and then just bringing your friends to come and see for themselves. He comes and sees and when, when Peter gets to Jesus, Jesus looks at him and says, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated means Peter. I mean, right off the bat, the next step you take in your journey of faith towards Jesus will realign your heart and identity with who you were truly made to be. Isn't it interesting that Simon Peter's first encounter with Jesus was him renaming him Peter, who we all know and love him to be. Peter, one of the leaders of the early church. Peter, who got to experience so much joy. He will realign your identity to who you were made to be if you just take a step towards him and decide to follow him. We get this next scene in Luke. See, we got we to gotta go from come and see to come and follow. And the next passage that I want to talk about is one of the next encounters Jesus has with Peter. He renames him, and then one day it says in Luke chapter 5, it says one day Jesus was standing by the lake, and he saw a large crowd, and he goes to teach them, and there were some boats in the water because the crowds were so large and up against the shore. Jesus decided that it would be better for him to teach from the boat because then people could listen to him. He could come out on the water. There would be some space between him and the audience. He could teach them a little bit. He goes out on the boat, and there he's sitting, and he's teaching the people, and when he finishes speaking, he says to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon's like, dude, we are fishermen. This is what we do. We're good at what we do. We're good at being us. We know this whole thing. We've been out fishing all night. Like, you caught us on the way home. Like, we got stuck here listening to that sermon on the way home. We fished all night, and that was the time to fish. That's when the water was right. That's when the fish were supposed to be biting, and we still got skunked. It's bad fishing. You don't know what you're talking about. It's not going to work. And Jesus, he says, but then he says this, Peter, sorry, he says, we've worked all night. We haven't caught anything, but because it's you, like the most indulgent statement ever, I'll let down the nets. Like, okay, anybody else, it's a no-go, but it's you, so fine. Like, we'll try it. It's not going to work, but we'll try it. When they had done so in the deep water, they had caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. They have to signal to their partners, James and John, to come over, and they come over, and they have to haul all of these fish in together. And Jesus says, and Peter, after this whole experience, comes and he falls down at it on his hands and knees, and he says, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. It's not just rabbi or teacher anymore. It's just getting serious. 
they were astonished at what Jesus had done. Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. In Matthew chapter 4, 19 of this account, it's a much shorter account from Matthew. He just said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You see, this next step for Peter wasn't just to see what Jesus was all about. It was to follow him. That's what growth looks like. I mean, growing looks like taking one next step as God places in front of you. Just being willing to follow. Simple. It's not complex. I know what you think. Like, like maybe you're thinking that to grow spiritually, you've got to go to like, school or learn a bunch of stuff or have someone tell you you finished the appropriate amount of classes when you're a teenager and give you some stamp on a little thing or whatever. You know, I don't know. Maybe you think spiritual growth is just some, some things you check off a list like online school, right? Like you just got to click off some things. Accomplished, did it, baptized, confirmed, Set a prayer, ton, ton. Maybe you think that's spiritual growth, and then all of a sudden you made it. Like you made it because you're just coming to church. You made it because you know a couple songs in worship. You made it because you, you know you sing better than the person next to you. You made it because you memorized a couple verses. That's not it at all. You see, spiritual growth is about having a hungry heart, a humbleness that says, no matter where I am in life. There's always room for me to grow and a willingness to take the next step God lays right in front of you. We got to go from come and see what this Jesus thing is all about to come and follow him and in doing so, grow. And as Matthew 5 says, have our hearts full on the journey. It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but it's always leading us to something better. It's always taking us on a journey full of purpose and meaning and life. And for Peter, it starts the same way growth starts for all of us, like it starts with one step. Come and see and get a feel for your new identity in God. Stop listening to all the other voices in your life who are filling up who trying to tell you who you are, trying to, trying to label you, trying to define your worth and start making God's voice the loudest voice in your life and in your room. He will realign your heart and identity towards him and who you were always designed to be. And then just be willing to take one small next step at a time. He won't lay anything out in front of you too difficult for you. He will be with you all along the journey, one small step. It went from come and see what this Jesus is all about to come and follow. And in following, Peter would have made some pretty big mistakes at times. He, he, he failed Jesus epically three times when it probably counted the most, but he also got to experience some things. There was a time on a boat where Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, tell me to come to you and I will. And his next step was a step out of that comfortable boat to follow Jesus. And for a couple of seconds, Peter got to do what nobody else got to do in the history of the world, walk on water. 
It would be full of challenging times when Jesus sent the disciples out two by two and they couldn't figure out how to do ministry and it was awkward and weird and they felt like failures. But then again, he would get to see people healed. Children raised from the dead. Lazarus walk out of a tomb. Like he thought that was impressive when he pulled up a net full of fish. But he had no idea what was coming next. It was way better than anything he could have ever imagined. Now to him, who is able to do more than we ever could have asked for, more than we ever thought to ask for, more than we ever could have imagined, to him be the glory as we take this journey in following him. Somebody got to get up off the chair. You've watched enough videos on Facebook. You've watched enough videos on TikTok. It's time just saying, oh yeah, that sounds inspiring, made me cry, got the goosebumps. It's time to leave inspiration behind for following because following is where the joy is at. It's amazing. Following him to what he has in front of you. That's why we say come and grow. Because growing into who God has made you to be, continuing to hunger for more of Him, to, to be more like Him, well, that's, that's where your soul and your heart, your life, are just filled up as God takes you where He's going to take you. Follow, follow, and grow. Always stay hungry for more of God. Always stay humble enough to admit you're not there yet. And always have a heart willing to take the next step He lays in front of you. That's the key. That's the key to the growth God has for you, and it leads to some absolutely incredible places. I, I want to give you five really practical kind of things about growth that, that I think I need a reminder for all the time, and, and maybe you could use these reminders too. These are things that are really important to understand. And the very first thing we got to understand is that God does the growing, we tend the soil. Write that down, remember it. God does the growing, we tend the soil. This is how Paul said it into the church of Corinth when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. He said, I planted the seeds, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. Like I'm no gardener, but I think that's pretty simple for me to understand. God is the one who grows us. Our job is to tend to the soil of our hearts. Your job in the growth equation is to just keep the right heart hungry, humble, willing. To just have the willingness to follow. And he'll do the growing for us. Philippians 1 6 says it like this. It's my favorite verse because it just takes me right out of the equation. It says, for he who began a good work in you will complete it. God's going to do the growing in your life. We just have to tend to the soil of our hearts. If your heart's hard, time to peel back those layers. Ask yourself why and get to, the heart, the, to, to a willing heart. If your heart's angry, it's time to let go of what's binding your heart up. If your heart's resentful, it's time to peel back all of those rough layers. 
And let God have your willing heart. And for a church, our job is not to grow you. Like you sit in church, I've had people be like, I'm just not growing anymore at that church. <laughs> it's, ah, come on. Growth is what God does in you as you are willing to follow him. Our job's just to tend to the soil. And I've found that people grow best in a soil that is full of truth and love. One without the other doesn't work. Truth and love where we encourage one another and build each other up and help each other on this journey. Our job is to tend to the soil and make this a place that is fertile for growth. We're going to get the fertilizer out. We're going to throw the fertilizer all over you, all over this place, so that, it is the t- so that when you're willing, and, and if you're not, whenever that is, we're not going to tell you when, It's when you're willing to let him grow you. You'll be in a place that makes that growth just so, so ready for what God wants to do in your life. The second concept is of growth that we need to understand from from God's word is this. Growth always happens in the context of relationships. I mean, that's why you get this whole story. It's full of Andrew telling Peter, Peter, come check this out. I'm going to go with a friend. Like, in context of relationships, God always grows us in the context of relationships. If you're sitting by yourself in isolation saying, I don't need other people. I just need God and me, and I'm going to grow good. You may grow a little, but you're never going to grow a lot. God uses people to show us ourselves He uses people to be his arms towards us. He uses people to to help us see him more. He uses the context of relationships to help us grow. That's why when people ask me what our discipleship plan is, I'm like, it's simple. Come to know and follow Jesus. Grow in a group. Because the only way we can provide the right context of for growth, with the right soil, truth and love is in the context of smaller groups of people. As we grow big, we need to get small. And what we need for growth are relationships that help us on our journey. And the best way we can provide that for you, it's not on a Sunday morning in a big service, not in an epic celebration. It's in small groups. Sign up for one. It's worth it. The third concept we have to understand about growth is that comfort gets in the way. It's full of Scripture. Romans 5, 3, and 7 is a, is 3 to 7. It says that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Like our, our enemy isn't necessarily challenging circumstances that stretch us. The enemy of growth is our comfort. Maybe you're not growing because you're so lulled into a comfortable place where you think you're good and you don't have any needs. Comfort is what can hold us back on our journey. I'm so glad Peter didn't sit on the shore and be like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm just going to, I got a comfortable life. I own a fishing business. We catch some fish. Yeah, you showed us up today, but that's all right. We'll get back at it tomorrow. Maybe we'll hit that same spot you had us hit. No, he was willing to leave the comfort of his daily routine to take a next step following Jesus. Don't let comfort keep you from growing. Being comfortable, 
being popular, having comfort in your reputation, having comfort in your financial life, having people around you like just com- make it your, have a comfortable life that can keep you from growing. The fourth thing that we need to understand about growth is having a willing heart. It's an adjective that describes our heart, but it's also an action that we need to put into play. Like willingness should play out in our steps. Being willing means I'm not just sitting here saying, God, do whatever you want with my life. I'm willing to follow you. It means that when he places a next step, I actually take it. Willingness can be put into action by absorbing this, God's truth for your life, by studying it, by getting to know him more, by, by diving deeper into his word, by, by diving deeper into his character. Willingness can be put into action by spending some time decluttering from all the other noise in your life and just praying with him and getting to know him. That's how willingness is, is about putting more of what he has for you inside. It can be put into action. Be willing with your heart and be willing with your steps. The fifth thing and the last thing for this message, a a characteristic of growth that we just need to get is this. It will cost you something sometime, but it will always be worth it. It will cost you something, but the gains will be epic. Jesus, he didn't come just to make everything easy. He came to take you to somewhere better. Eventually, home with Him. In the meantime, to new depths of knowledge in, in, in Him, to new depths of experience in your relationship with Him. He, he's got something for you, and it may cost you some, something. You may have to let go of something to follow Him. You may have to let go of having relationships be the most important thing or popularity be the most important thing or success in your eyes be the most important thing. You may have to let go of some stuff, but when you let go of some stuff to follow Jesus, he always fills your life with something better. That's why he says in Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It may cost you some stuff this journey, but if you are willing, if you are willing, if you are humble, and if you are hungry for what God has for you, you are going to grow like crazy on this journey. And one day you're going to look back on your life and be like, man, I'm not where I want to be, but look where I was. God is doing something epic in my life. And as he takes me on this journey, I experience new depths with him and new depths of joy and peace. And man, I am amazed at how far he has brought me, and I can't wait to see where he takes me next. I hope that's the prayer of your heart. I hope that's what you're saying next year and five years from now. I hope you'll not just come to Jesus, but that you'll start to grow as you follow him. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you call us to this life. It's not an easy life. It's not a life without pain or hardship or difficulties, but it's a life that is worth it every step of the way as we follow you, as we are with you, and as you provide for us what we need for each step. We all have a next step. Some of us sitting here, we know what our next step is in following you, but we have been unwilling to take that step. Help us all to heart check 
to say, am I hungering for more of God or am I hungering for all of this misguided stuff that can never fill me? Am I humble enough to admit I have needs that I can only have met in God, that I'm not where I want to be, but that God's taking me on this journey somewhere good? And can we be willing enough to let you have our hearts and to follow you one step at a time as you lead our ways? Thank you that we don't have to do this journey alone, that you always grow us in the context of relationships, and I thank you for these relationships I have that help me grow. We thank you mostly for the cross and the empty tomb. In Jesus' name, amen.